the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Welcome to Education Nation, where we tackle the biggest issues in American education. School is now in session. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. Well, good evening and thank you for joining us here on Education Nation. I am your headmaster and host, Rebecca Hagstrom, and it's a privilege to join you every Saturday evening here on AM 1280 The Patriot. And my wonderful producer and co-host, Mark Durkin, is actually out today, and we are going to miss him today, And but we will have him back very soon in a few weeks. So um, we will say hello to Mark because he will probably be listening to the show. <laughs> so hello, Mark, and we miss you. Um, but I am very excited to introduce our topic today because it's very near and dear to my heart. Uh, many of our listeners know that I run a classical and Christian school in White Bear Lake, Minnesota. And we are a preschool through 12th grade program. And I'm excited to have invited my two kindergarten teachers into our studio today to talk about what a classical education looks like in uh, a cl- in their classrooms. But before we do that and before I introduce them, I want to give our listeners just a brief synopsis of what classical education is. Um, classical education is uh, something that was actually coming out of the, all the Greco-Roman times, and it was um, reinvigorated through the medieval church, and it was the way people were educated for centuries. And it's really just been in the last 80 to 100 years that modern education started to change uh, the way education is delivered in the classroom. And so a lot of our great thought leaders throughout history were educated classically. And the beautiful thing about a classical education is it ties to a child's natural progression of cognitive development because it's really organized through stages, the grammar stage in the lower school, the logic stage in the middle school, and the rhetoric stage in the upper school. And many people have heard of the term grammar schools, and that's because that's the lower school stage, and that's what schools used to be called, grammar schools, because they were using the classical method to teach. And at the lower school stage, um, I'm going to let them talk a lot about that in kindergarten, but generally speaking, we're giving them the tools of each subject in the lower school. In the middle school stage, kids are beginning to ask how and why, so we start to introduce formal research, and they learn um, the art of argument and debate. And then by the time the kids reach their rhetoric stage, they're becoming much more inquisitive. They want to know, um, and they're and they're starting to form their own opinions, and they're starting to separate from their families. And so there we really encourage them to continue to analyze and synthesize information 
form their own opinions, and then learn how to speak and write persuasively um, and defend their opinions with logical reasoning. So that's a quick synopsis of classical education. And uh, now I'm going to turn our attention back to our kindergarten teachers that are sitting right here in the studio with me. And um, we are going to learn more then about what a classical education looks like in the classical or in the kindergarten classroom. So Tani Kronschnabel is my first kindergarten teacher. She grew up in New Zealand where she attended the Auckland's College of Education and taught for two years in the public schools. She then moved to Sydney, Australia to attend a performing arts Bible college where she majored in singing for two years. And she was employed in Sydney as a kindergarten teacher for eight years. She then married her husband, moved all the way to Minnesota, (laughs) where she taught kindergarten for two years, and then she had the joy of being a full-time mom to a daughter and a son who are now 16 and 14. And this is Tanya's ninth year teaching kindergarten at Liberty Classical Academy and her 21st year teaching overall. Unbelievable. (laughs) Welcome to you, Tanya. We're so glad to have you on the show and so glad to have you at Liberty. And then Shelley DeBrockta is a Minnesota native who attended the University of Minnesota, where she received her bachelor's degree in psychology. After graduation, her husband uh, was stationed in San Antonio with the Air Force. She returned to school and received a Master of Arts in teaching from Trinity University. She taught first grade uh, north of San Antonio in a public school before having children. After being blessed with three children, Shelley returned to teaching where her youngest daughter or when her youngest daughter was three years old. And she was a preschool teacher at Liberty First for five years and is now in her third year of teaching kindergarten at Liberty. And welcome to you as well, Shelley. We are so thankful to have you here Thank you. and so thankful to have you at Liberty. Two of the finest kindergarten teachers you'll find in all of the Twin Cities. (laughs) So, um, well, let's go ahead and get started. Tell us, for our listeners, what the classical education model looks like in a kindergarten classroom. Okay, well, I'll take this. This is Tonya here, and uh, uh, there's lots of things that it does not look like. I think if you say classical um, education for a child, you might have visions of them sitting in desks and then facing the board and just chanting and doing worksheets all day and then learning a whole lot of knowledge that they don't actually need to know, like the periodic tables or something in, mm-hmm. in kindergarten, <laughs> which obviously would not be inappropriate, would be very inappropriate. Yes, yeah. uh, but it's not, it's not dry and it's not boring. It's active and it's engaging and it's extremely sequential. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say a good kindergarten program, okay, so that's where it's definitely not. So a good kindergarten program makes the most of the stage that the children are in, and so it gives them a really firm foundation. It's been known as like the wet cement stage, mm-hmm. um, where they're really receptive to uh, learning lots and lots of things. So we just have to be very careful what we guide them to memorize and guide them to learn. Mm-hmm. And it has to be a really good foundation, and then they can build on that foundation later. Right, just like I mentioned earlier, when they get up into the logic stage and the rhetoric stage. Our kids actually do get to memorize the periodic table, but not until yes, third grade. but not in kindergarten. <laughs> and not they, in kindergarten. And they do no. it through a song or a chant, not uh, rote memorization. <laughs> right. right. And I just want to add, as um, kindergarten is that wet cement, we just want to make sure that they have that firm foundation for the following grades. So at Liberty, we look at their learning stage in order to know how to best teach them. Mm-hmm. And we have gone through the Lost Tools of Learning by Dorothy Sayers mm-hmm. and our kindergartners are in the beginning grammar stage, which is also referred sometimes to the pre-poly. Mm-hmm. And just, I just want to describe them at this stage at five and six-year-old. 
six years old. Mm -hmm. They are excited to learn. They enjoy games and songs and stories and projects. And they also have that short attention span. Very (laughs) short. (laughs) They want to use all five of their senses and to touch, taste, feel, smell, and see. And they're imaginative and creative. And so we look, how can we be an effective kindergarten teacher with little ones in this stage? And according to Sayers, we are to guide their discoveries using lots of manipulatives. We sing, we play games, we chant, we recite, build, color, draw. We move their bodies. We provide time for show and tell, and all while reinforcing their understanding of letters and numbers. Hmm. Doesn't that sound wonderful? It is so it much is. fun. That, yes. that is an, in stark contrast to my kindergarten experience. Oh, really? Oh, my goodness. I was scared to death of the teacher. Oh, and, no. and we had to go and we had to get milk, you know, for our little break. And we had to walk oh, down right. the hallway to the big milk machine. And if anybody spilled their milk, they got yelled at. And, oh, my goodness. It was, I, we were all just like little tense, you know, Terrified. soldiers. Yes. <laughs> I don't remember anything about kindergarten except that. Except Isn't that. that sad? That is terribly oh, sad. Yeah. That is sad. <laughs> yeah, so what a joy it is for our students at Liberty to have the two of you teaching from that classical method. That's beautiful. Now that we have a better understanding of the learning style and the needs of a kindergartner, how does a classical education play out in the kindergarten classroom? It would be wonderful to hear about some of the specifics. Uh, I'd like to talk about reading because that's that's my. I just love reading with mm-hmm. um, with the kindies, um, and in at Liberty Classical, we use the Saxon program, mm-hmm. which is not actually specifically a classical program, but it is extremely sequential and it uses tons and tons of reviews, as well as it's got a really strong phonics approach mm-hmm. or a phonemic approach yes. to, to learning. Um, Wait, I'm going to cut you off right there. Just for, for our listeners' sake, hopefully most of them understand that a phonemic approach then is you're you're looking at the sounds that each letter makes. Yes. Helping them to learn how to sound out words, not doing like a whole word it's or whole, a whole language, language approach. approach. Yep, yep. No, it's not just when they yep. memorize words. Yeah. It's yep. they have to know what the sounds are. They have to yep. know how the sounds change if they're in different um you know, they're mm-hmm. putting different words differently, um, short vowels, long vowels, yep. all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So we adapt the program, but we so so we do have the the Saxon program is like the the skeleton, but we mm-hmm. do adapt it to make it more classical mm-hmm. for our classrooms, mm-hmm. and we believe that else that also makes it easier for our students to learn the concepts. Mm-hmm. So okay, so I'm about to go into some of those yeah, details. There. Do. So for example, the concept to that one of the concepts is that a vowel that's followed by a consonant is short. So we so that you code it with a brev. Mm-hmm. So that's what Saxon teaches. So we take that and go, how can we make this classical for our kids? Well, mm-hmm. let's make a like a call and response or a chant. Mm-hmm. So in my class, um, and again, um, Shelley does it slightly differently for mm-hmm. me, but it's the same concept. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my class, I'll say, um, is there a vowel in this word? And the kids will say, yes, A, mm-hmm. or yes, I, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then I'll say, is it a vowel followed by a consonant? They'll say, yes. And I'll say, a vowel followed by a consonant is, and they'll say, short. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, so you code it with a, and they say, brev. Mm-hmm. And so they, so. That response. So call and response. Mm-hmm. So that, but by the end of the year, they could do the call themselves. That's so great. Um, because they've heard it so many times. So whenever mm-hmm. we're coding words, it sounds long and laborious in some ways, but it's just a quick and easy thing that's just um, always reinforcing that. Mm-hmm. So by the end of kindergarten, my kids know that there's a vowel followed by a consonant, it's short, and you code it with a brev. Yeah, so, so incredible. Yeah, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we've also made um, – we, we also talk about uh, the C or the K rule. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, 
it's taught in Saxon, but we do like a little finger play so that we actually, the the rule is uh, K is followed by an E, I, or a Y. Mm-hmm. So we actually make the, the you can't see me because this isn't television, <laughs> but I'm making a little E and a little uh-huh. I and a little Y uh-huh. with my fingers. And then I, and C is followed by an A, O, U, or any other consonant. I love it. And so they make the, the shapes I mean the shapes. They make the letters with their fingers, and then they do an any other consonant at the end. <laughs> so a little bit of a dance. Yes. So that's <laughs> She's not moving a, too. <laughs> that's right. So that's not in the Saxon program. Right. That is what we've added to make it classical, and it also helps it to stick to the right. kids, so they really um, get that concept mm-hmm. right in there. Mm-hmm. And also the other thing that we do that it's not in the Saxon, but it's uh, part of the the program that we do is for every single uh, letter, mm-hmm. there's a little chant that we say so okay. for instance a, a, a you will see goes around up down like one two three and don't forget the breath oh, and they it. say that every time when we do a little spelling test and what they have to do that a that sh- and they're actually writing it as they're saying it so we're making sure they're writing their letters in the right direction so it doesn't trip them up later for example but but b this letter is tall first the bat and then the ball mm. so that they know that the stick and then they do the ball mm-hmm. and and things like that so so it's a Saxon program, but we have um, like added to it mm-hmm, to, make, to it make, make it more classical mm-hmm, for, for our mm-hmm. children. And that writing piece is really important too. That's Huge. something that's not being emphasized in the in the um, modern education world very much today. Yes, and we've we know from all the research that handwriting is so important, and so you're setting them up and pencil grip and mm-hmm. forming the letters correctly to correctly. make them more efficient. All of that is so important. And you're already starting that in kindergarten. We started that in Liberty. kindy because yes. we know cursive's coming down the road. So if yeah. you're not making your A's and your O's correctly going the right direction, yeah. it's really going to trip you up yeah. later. Yeah, mm-hmm. so absolutely. Just, and, and the way that make that fun to get their A's and O's the right way is to do this little poem and a little chant. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah. They enjoy and, it. And they love memorizing those little things. And like you say, it helps it sink in. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Tanya, you're going to talk a little bit about the math, right? Or, I mean, Shelley, sorry about that. You're going to be talking about the math. Yes, I will talk about the math. The math. As we need to set that firm foundation, um, math just keeps building year after year. And so we need to um, just have that base level set. And so back to Sayers, we use manipulatives in our classroom in all aspects of math with blocks, buttons, shapes, dice, Dominoes, even food we use. We count, we add, subtract, we make patterns, we, we create shapes, and we do this all with our poems and our chants and our songs and using our body. Mm. So um, we, at the beginning of the year, we start with all of our shapes, and one mm-hmm. of our shapes is trapezoid that we learn, and we have a poem that goes with it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Are you going to do say it? it, Tanya? Oh, sure. sure. Do we shall. Yeah. Okay. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> okay. Except that, yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> Can't remember trapezoid? It's like my brain is in a void. Can you catch things like a trap? Can you wear it like a hat? Turn it over, make a boat. A trapezoid that seems to float. A trapezoid, now listen well. Two of four sides are parallel. I love that. Now imagine our kindergartners holding an actual trapezoid cut out of construction paper and making that trap and mm-hmm. then making a hat and making a boat. Mm-hmm. And and then we further extend that into really learning what is that trapezoid. Mm-hmm. So we provide 
uh, creative activities for them. So mm-hmm. they grab a trapezoid, any color, any shape, put it on the paper, and then they create. And we have seen turtles and dragons and dinosaurs mm-hmm. and a flower pot with beautiful flowers and, and along with our hats and our boats. So it just extends their learning um, by providing those extra activities. Mm-hmm. Um, and That's excellent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now we're mm-hmm. learning um, all the different coins. And so we have chants for each of the coins. And again, extend that with a question and answer about who's the president on the coin, which president was he, what's on the back of the coin. And so we just, we, we bring that into all aspects of our math as we're learning different concepts. Mm-hmm. And that shows the integration too. That's a hallmark of classical education is integrating the subjects. And yes. there you are, you're, mm-hmm. you're really taking history and integrating it with math when you're yeah. talking about the coins mm-hmm. and who's on them and mm-hmm. um, very good. Um, so Tanya, you're going to talk a little about how classical me- method in kindergarten plays out in the history. History, yes. yes. Um, well, for our particular program, because um, it's a morning program, and in the, then in the fourth quarter, we do have them all day for just Tuesdays and for Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on those afternoons, we can hit, um, we can do some fun stuff. And I do something that we call Imagination Airways. And in Imagination Airways, every afternoon we visit a different country. So we go to France and England and China and Russia. And I have to say they're doing the Russian accent. <laughs> well, it's really, she really, enjoys that. Well, it's very, very cold. With your leather or your fur coat with my, and hat. With my fur coat, which is very, very warm. Um is very fun to do. And then Australia, obviously, because I lived in Australia for 10 years, so mm-hmm. I have lots of material for that. And New Zealand, because I grew up in New Zealand. So those are the six, five countries, six countries that we, um, that we visit. And then mm-hmm. they have a little passport that they have. And then we also take their photos. And they're not allowed to smile because you're not allowed to smile for passport right. photos. Right. <laughs> so we have these mugshot photos, which they think is hilarious. And then we get it stamped every time we go into a different... We have to go through immigration. We actually start in the hallway, which is the actual airplane. So we actually get on the airplane. We've got to sit there. We have our meals. We put our seatbelts on. The tray tables are in the upright position. <laughs> it's hilarious. They just love it. And then we land in this new country, whatever the new country is. And then we go into the classroom, and the classroom is the new country. Oh, okay. And they okay. have to say the gr- the greeting. Mm-hmm. Um, so New Zealand, it was uh, g'day, you know, and mm-hmm. Aust- Australia was the same. No, actually, <laughs> New Zealand, sorry, was Kiora, which is New Zealand, mm-hmm. Maori, and then Australia's G'day, mate, you know, so I have to say that <laughs> when they go. We also look at what um, the currency is. So we just hit the simple things like a currency. They do a little craft, depending on when we go to New Zealand, they make little pet kiwis. Uh, they'll ma- do some Aboriginal painting when they go to Australia. Mm-hmm. They'll also have some sort of snack that goes with it. So I make them eat rice with chopsticks when they go to China. So that's mm-hmm. hilarious because mo- rice gets all over the classroom and not actually in their mm-hmm. mouths. <laughs> and then uh, when they go to uh, Australia and New Zealand, uh, I make them eat some Australian food or some New Zealand food. Excellent. And they, they just... They just have such a great time. So it's it's not just sitting down and learning about China mm-hmm. and looking at pictures or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of experiencing it and feeling mm-hmm. it. And it, they just they are just hilarious. They absolutely love it. They're they're in. They're like pretending mm-hmm. that they really are arriving at, at immigration. And I ask them what they have to declare. So they'll say what they're bring, bringing. Oh, like I, I bought some candy with me. Is that all right? <laughs> I'm like. You know, depending on which country they're coming into, I, if I'm Russia, then I take all their candy off them. So yes, they can't, have can't do that. <laughs> yes. Um, 
So yeah, mm-hmm. it's wonderful, it's super fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we are talking with Tanya Kronschnabel and Shelley DeBrachta. They are kindergarten teachers at Liberty Classical Academy, and we are talking about how the classical method works in the cap- in the um, kindergarten classroom. And we're going to jump to to hearing about science. How does mm-hmm. it play out in science, Shelley? Well, like Tanya said, we are a half-day program that focuses really heavily on phonics, um, math, and the Bible. But we th- we have science in there, too. And each of our children at the beginning of the year are assigned a bird that lives here in Minnesota. And they see it out um, in their backyard or when they go for a hike. And they learn about that bird um, throughout the year, about where it nests, what it eats. Does it migrate or does it stay here? And then the afternoons of our fourth quarter allow us to go deeper into that. We bring in history by talking about John James Audubon and his life and his Mm. love of nature and his study of the birds. And then we focus on a a different bird each week. We start off with the robin, who's the first bird to return in the spring. We look at its nesting, um, its call. It is amazing. By the time we are done, we do name that tune, and we play the melody of the bird, and they have it down without even seeing the bird. Wow. Wow, so, I'm learning something today. I did not know you did that. <laughs> we do. We have we float down the Mississippi River. We pretend yeah. we float down the Mississippi River as, as John James Audubon did, and we listen, and then we see, and we have our notebook, and we we draw the bird and what it looks like, and what its nest would would mm-hmm. looks like, and where it would be, such as the pileated woodpecker is in a tree. Um, we take out our hammers and nails and create that nest in a block of wood, and they learn. Wow. They'd spend a lot of time making their nests. <laughs> Strong beaks. Yes. We look at a hummingbird nest and, and are amazed that they can weave all of those things together. We have our 10 fingers, and it is a, it's very trying to mm-hmm. make a little nest. Mm-hmm. And so we focus on just that aspect in our afternoons. And the blessing is, is Tanya and I are able to switch classes so they yes. can experience both of those on our mm-hmm. long afternoons. Yeah, that is wonderful. I also forgot to say that we also do memorize um, all of the symbols of Minnesota too, as oh, part of the yeah. a part of the history, the history, yes. science mm-hmm. type yep. thing. And so, um, by the end of kindergarten, all of our kindergartners can recite all of the the symbols of Minnesota mm-hmm. and also little facts about them. Yeah. So they'll know that. It, um, and we again, we do like a call and response. So things like the Minnesota State Bird is that, and they'll say loon, and I'll say mm-hmm. loons are, and they'll say black, black and white. And, white. Mm-hmm. and then they la- lay two, two brown, brown spotted, spotted eggs. eggs. Wow. They wow. live in fresh, fresh water. So by the again, end, they know more than we do, <laughs> right? Yes, most adults, if you ask, <laughs> right. would not realize. Right, a lot of this and that's stuff. the beauty of a classical education is they are given so much content, but done in a way that is so enjoyable and pleasurable. They 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 don't even know they're they learning. Don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, just having fun. Yeah. Well, we are. Our time is moving very wow. very quickly here, ladies. Mm. So um, I'm moving on to the next question here. How does a kindergarten education look different at Liberty than most schools? Well, since we're not much time, I'll do very quickly. It's probably the amount of memorization that we do expect, mm-hmm. um, that it's not just a little added unto. It's it's integrated. But we've talked about that, I think, in, in, in mm-hmm. talking about these subjects, mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. different things that they've had to 
memorize. Mm-hmm. So I'd say probably memorization is is the big thing. That's mm-hmm. the difference. But again, never wrote. It's always mm-hmm. done. And it's with, always for a purpose. Yes, it's always for a purpose. Yes. And it's always done usually with actions or songs or yes. chants or a call and response. And not yeah. memorization for just memorization. Facts. Right, right. It's, like, yeah. it's actually got a very specific purpose. And it's building again that foundation so that they have what they need when they go into first right. grade. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I know we were going to try to talk about this briefly is the memorization of the Bible verses. And that's we were going to talk about how memorization does play into the kindergarten education. And since we are short on time, I don't want to cover it too much. Can you just talk briefly about the Bible verses that they memorize in kindergarten? Yes, they do Psalm uh, 139, and we do verses all through 1 through 18. Mm -hmm. It's such a beautiful thing to watch. Mm -hmm. It is so beautiful. And I know that... um, People literally get teary when they see these kids doing it because they have actions. Mm-hmm. They they know those words. It's not that they're reciting words that they don't know. They are literally reciting mm-hmm. words that they know because they have learned it with the, with the actions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, what about classes such as art, music, and drama? Where, where do those fall into play? Well, art, music, and drama are very close to my heart. I just love music and drama and all things art, mm-hmm. um, and it fits really well with the pre-poly stage of kindergarten because they already lo- love, most kindies love singing and moving and dancing, and, and they tend to be a little bit dramatic anyway, so <laughs> we just channel that in a different mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also look up, people can look up for themselves, that the research seems to be really clear that learning music and later on an instrument really does help our brains develop. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very there's a kindy explanation for you. Yes. You know? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but so we're basically starting them early on that path, like right from the get go. Mm-hmm. We're we're immersing them in music and art, and also truth and beauty are important in the classical method. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does that look like in a kindy room? Well, that looks like um, feeding their senses um, by by looking at beautiful pieces of art. And I know mm-hmm. we don't teach the art. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Mackey and yeah. right. she does an amazing does job. Amazing job mm-hmm. of exposing these kids to beautiful pieces of art mm-hmm. and getting them to make their own. And isn't their artwork amazing? They yeah. are. Oh, our art walk at school yes. when you yes. see all their art on the walls, it is beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they are making mm-hmm. it. They're being exposed to it. Um, and, and things like when we do the Thanksgiving when we look at Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. we do a little Thanksgiving play. Mm-hmm. Um, they yeah, sing nice. at um, Christmas time for the Christmas mm-hmm. concert. Mm-hmm. So they're, it's really an important part. So they do actually have a music lesson and an art lesson mm-hmm. um, that they go to. And they, they perform to. a drama in the spring yes. with, um, mm-hmm. with our music teacher mm-hmm. that is usually implementing some aspect of music and then they're portraying it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So once again, very classical. Yes. Yes. Okay, well, we are so tight on time. Um, I would just say that maybe we need to have you back into our studio so that we can talk more about our seven laws of teaching. I know that's something that you were excited to talk about, Mm -hmm. um, and that might be something that we maybe whet the appetite of our listeners, and we invite you back in and have you do a broader show on how those seven laws of teaching play into the classical method. Um, and then I know you wanted to very, very quickly mention the Circe Institute, I think, right? Very quickly, because then I need to announce our open house. Yes, we just wanted to take a quote um, from them. Mm-hmm. Um, Classical education is the cultivation of wisdom and virtue. So therefore, you teach classically by expending all of your energy, figuring out and implementing what it means to cultivate wisdom and virtue. So for us, expending our energy teaching a heavily phonics-based reading program and a math program 
that incorporates a lot of memorization and use of manipulatives, an art program that incorporates the appreciation of beauty, and a music program that starts tuning their ears and brains to be wired to enjoy and to participate in making beautiful music. So we also believe in teaching the Bible as the source of all wisdom and virtue. Mm -hmm. So we memorize Bible verses and work out the way through the Bible verses through and work our way, sorry, through Bible stories through the year. So that's how we expend our energy. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Well, if you want to learn more about our kindergarten program at Liberty Classical Academy and meet these two wonderful teachers in person, you can join us this coming Wednesday, the 22nd of January at 9 a.m. for an open house. And check our website, libertyclassicalacademy.org, libertyclassicalacademy.org. And our podcast, ednationmn.org. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.